Hello, hello, and welcome back once again to the study in the book of Luke, chapter 19 and 20. As always, I will be reading from New International Version Bible, and you're welcome to follow along with me with a Bible version of your choice. I will also be sharing insights uh, or scripture reflections um, that uh, I will be sharing with you uh, during this study, and I hope they are a blessing to you. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. So we're going through the account of Luke. And so this is a story. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And we've all heard of Zacchaeus, that short little man, right? Zacchaeus. He was a chief collector and was very wealthy. So these are some of the things that um, we know about him. He was a chief tax collector so he was a uh, possibly a ceo of the company right and he was very wealthy he wasn't just anybody he was one that was prestigious he wanted to see who jesus was but because he was short he could not see over the crowd so even though he had the wealth and riches right even though he was in charge there was something he could not mm -hmm be in charge of and that's him seeing Jesus he wanted to see Jesus but he couldn't so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way and I made a note here when I was um, going through this chapter desperate he was desperate he he was having lost all hope. He was desperate. He had an extreme urgency to see Jesus. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Like the way that Jesus approached him, it was like as if he was his friend, as if he knew him, as if they were close friends. He says, Zacchaeus, I know who you are. I know what you've been doing. I know what you've been trying to do. Come on down. Um, not only are you going to see me, I'm coming to your house today. Like that right there. Jesus is so personal with him. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And if we know in the, in the Bible, there were two, two types of people. There were civilians and there were the tax collectors. And the tax collectors were sinners in their eyes. They were the ones who were taking their money, right? They called them thieves. So they were sinners in their eyes. And so when they saw what Jesus did, they said, how can Jesus go and hang out with this man? How can Jesus go and stay at the house of the sinner? But Zacchaeus, the short man, right, stood up and said to the Lord, 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 here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Remember, he was rich. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. 
That is a repentant heart right there. He knew that was wrong. And when he encountered Jesus, he said, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to give away half of my possessions to the poor. And if I had done anything wrong, if I cheated anybody, I will pay back four times the amount. That's a repentant heart right there. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus just reiterates the point. He says, listen, salvation has come to this house and nothing can stop him. He is desperate. He wanted to see Jesus. He had an extreme urgency to see Jesus. And so he said, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So this is a story. I hope it speaks to you. Next is a, uh, a parable of the 10 minus or minus. I don't want to mispronounce the name. It's the type of money. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. A parable was an illustration of some kind, a spiritual analogy. Because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So everybody was looking for the kingdom of God, right? He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minus or minus. I apologize if I have um, pronounced it wrong. But uh, when I did my study, I um, researched a bit. And, uh, and it says right here in my notes, that is a three months worth of wage. So it was a lot of money. And he goes, put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But the subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, however, so regardless, right? However, he returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had been given the money in order to find out what they have gained with it. Remember? The first one came and said, sir, your Mina has earned 10 more. He said, the money that you gave me, I invested it, right? Well done, my good servant. His master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a small matter, take charge of 10 cities. And I always love to read this part because it uh, shows us the principle of God. If you have been trustworthy, if you have been faithful with the little that you have, if you have been faithful with whatever it is that God placed in your hand. God is going to bless you with more. He says, take charge of 10 cities. I mean, he only invested a little, right? A little more. And now in return, he gets to rule over 10 cities. That's quite a reward. The second came and said, sir, your mina has earned five more. So this kind of reminds me of the parable of, uh, of the 10 talents or the um, parable of the talents, not the 10 talents. It was three different times. 
but parable of the talents. And so he says here, uh, your Mina has earned five more. He said, what you gave me, I multiplied it five times more. His master answered, you take charge of five cities. So he says, you have been faithful. In other words, you have been faithful. Now I'm going to reward you. Then another servant came to him and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. So these are like, these are the type of excuses that he uses. He says, you are a shrewd man, right? A hard man. And so I had to take this mina and hide it for you. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. So he says, why, why should I do anything if um, you basically uh, cheat, right? Because it says you take, uh, you take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. He called him a thief. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. He says, the, the words that you have spoken, these are going to be the very words that follow you. You knew, did you, that I'm a hard man. In other words, you knew that I was a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. So why then didn't you put my money to, on deposit? He said, why didn't you put, why didn't you invest in the money, right? So that I, when I came back, I could have collected it with interest. Why didn't you just give it to someone else? Why didn't you just pass it along, right? Why didn't you invest into it and collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, this is a principle. This is a illustrative point that Jesus is um, showing to the people. Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Remember the guy with 10 cities? Now he has 20 cities because he was faithful with that 10 because he was trustworthy because he was uh he was taking care of whatever god has put in his hand now he says you are going to take 10 more sir they said he already has 10 and i apologize not cities he said minas the money the three months worth of wages he replied i tell you that to anyone who has, more, more will be given. And this is a principle. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken from them. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. So Jesus illustrates a point And he says, whoever has been faithful, they will be rewarded. Whoever has been showed worthy, whoever has been showed trustworthy is going to be in charge of much it's going to take over cities and it's going to earn much more because they have shown themselves to be worthy they have shown themselves to be trustworthy and so jesus illustrates this point to the crowd and i pray that that you and i are listening as well i pray that today we're also taking notice of this parable and that we're applying it to our life. What has God given to us? What has he put in our hands today? 
What has he put us in charge of? And are we faithful with it? Whatever it is that God has put inside of us, whatever it is that put that God put in our hands, are we faithful with it? That is the question today. And if we're not faithful, there's still time to repent. There's still time to go to God and say, God, you know, I've hidden my talent for so long. Um, can you give me another chance? I have not done good. I have hid and I have thought of you as the shrewd uh, king that I did not want you to rule over me. And so, Lord, forgive me. Lord, give me another chance. And God is faithful. God is faithful to reward you. God is faithful to give you another or second chance. So today, if you find yourself in that place, uh, go back to God and talk to him. Let us continue. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem as he approached. Again, I want, I don't want to mispronounce Bethage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. So he's talking about that donkey, right? That we so often see that Jesus rode on the way to Jerusalem. And so he gives them instruction. He said, go ahead, go ahead of me and, and, and prepare this colt, prepare this donkey or prepare this animal for me to ride on. Go ahead, go, go ahead of me. He says, untie it and bring it here. So he gives them instructions. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say the Lord needs it. And this is a funny illustration here because I remember when our pastor at our church um, was talking about it, he said, imagine if there was a car parked, right? And you just came and took the car and somebody would be asking, well, why are you taking this car? And you'd be like, well, Jesus needs it. Like today you will be seem, um, a, a, you will be seen as a thief, right? Today you will be like, uh, people be like, why are you taking this? And the simple answer here is the Lord needs it. Just imagine, you know, in, in, in today's day and world. Um, those who, who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them because Jesus knew exactly what, where it was and everything. And they were untying the colt. The owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloak on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. Again, let's imagine it's a car. Let's imagine it's a, a ride or a motorcycle. Let's imagine it's a bus or whatever it is, right? And so we come to the owner and we say, Jesus needs the, your vehicle, so I'm going to take it. I mean, they're probably not going to be happy with it. But if that person is in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit ahead already came and... and um, He already came and um, talked to the guy, talked to the owner. I mean, I'd imagine it. And so they just willingly released um, the colt and the, the donkey or whatever it may be and um, set them on the way. But imagine if this happened today. How many people would be like, no, nah, that's my car. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just you know, give it to you just because you said Jesus needs it. 
just imagine if this was today. Just imagine if somebody came to you and said, hey, Jesus needs your vehicle. Um, can you just give it to me? And uh, the, the, you know, how many people you think would say, uh, yeah, here, here, here's the vehicle. Go ahead. Jesus needs it. Um, I don't think many people would today would uh, respond, you know, but in that time and age, um, people trusted. And so um, Jesus was able to use this um, donkey because this was the transportation device for that time. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is, and this is um, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So these were praisings of other people to God. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, some of the Pharisee in the crowd said to Jesus, Teach it, teacher, rebuke your disciples. I mean, I can imagine Pharisee just was there every time Jesus did miracles, every time that he did something good for the crowd, any time that he did anything. They were there to catch him in his act, like all the time. They were watching him. And so they're saying, hey, teacher, rebuke your disciples. What are they doing? I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones cry out. The stones will cry out. So he says, um, don't worry about them. You know, the stones will cry out if they don't worship me. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you even, if even you had only known on this day, on this day, and I apologize because I lost my place, what would bring you peace? But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you in on uh, every side. He speaks to the city. He speaks to the city. Again, listen, he speaks to the city. If you had only known on this day what will bring you peace, you would have been spared. But since you don't know because of your eyes, because the eyes are closed. Now the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment against you and encircle you and hem you on every side, give you over, hand you over. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the name of God's coming to you. So Jesus is speaking to Jerusalem and he's weeping over it. He's compassionate. He's sorry. He is sad over it. And, um, but the word still remains no matter what. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. And uh, here's a, a reference to Jeremiah 7, 11. It says, but my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a, a den of robbers, or in other words, thieves. He says, um... This is where people uh, should be gathering to pray, 
but here you are selling your merchandise. Basically, that's what he's saying. Here you are making a profit of, of what God has given you. And so he turned that house up, uh, tables, turned their tables upside down. I'm sorry. He turned their tables of merchandise upside down. He said, no, nah, this is not what should be happening in my house. You have made it something else. This is a house of prayer. There should be people praying here in the temple courts. Every day he was teaching at the temple. But the chief priests and teachers of the law and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Who were trying to kill him? The religious folks. Who were trying to kill him? The rulers and the synagogue leaders of that temple. But yet... But they, not yet, but they could not find any way to do it because of all the people, because all the people hung on his words. And this concludes chapter 19 of the book of Luke. I hope you have been blessed and encouraged. I hope you have been inspired through my reading and you will continue to search the scriptures. You'll continue to study the scriptures to show yourself approved. My whole purpose is to ignite your desire to the word of God, to study the word of God, to read the word of God, and to thirst for the knowledge and wisdom of God. I hope you are blessed. Uh, if you have not checked out my study group on Sword Study Delight, um, hashtag Sword Study Delight via Facebook, you're welcome to do so. Facebook.com slash groups slash Sword Study Delight. And I hope to see you there on the other side. God bless and take care. Hello and thank you once again for joining my table as we continue on the study on the book of Luke chapter 20. Thank you for coming on and choosing to spend uh, your time here at my table. I know it's not easy. I know we have so much going on in our lives, but um, to make that time to study, it is very precious. It is going to benefit you in your work with God. So thank you for coming on and God bless. I will be reading from New International Version Bible, and you're welcome to follow along with me with a Bible version of your choice. I will also be sharing insights that are uh, shared alongside with the scripture uh, by the leading of the Holy Spirit to benefit you and myself as I am studying his word. The Lord says we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a worker that is Studying the worker that is researching, a worker that is deep in scripture will not be ashamed. And so that is the reason we study. Not because we want to do a check mark of some kind. Not because uh, we want to uh, look smart or whatever it may be. Um, we want to study to show ourselves approved. It is to our benefit. Okay. It's to our benefit. So with that being said, let's get started. So one day as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law together with the elders came up to him. Again, we find Jesus with the Pharisee, with the, uh, with the chief collectors or the chief priests and the collectors and, and the teachers of the law. Tell us. So they come to him as like a slicky, you know, coming to him in a way. Hey, Jesus, I know you're doing good here. I, I'd imagine that. I know you're doing good here. 
people are being set free people are being delivered but tell us by what authority are you doing these things they said who gave you this authority we see that you have this authority but who gave you this authority okay we have the authority as leaders of the law to give law we have the authority as rulers of the law to give law but what authority do you have he replied i will uh, i will also ask you a question tell me and so he steers the conversation in a different direction i love this jesus is like he hears them but at the same time he switches the conversation okay he just brings up another subject in other words I will also ask you this question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or of human origin? He goes back. He goes back to what's important. He says, don't worry about, you know, what you just asked. He says, I will ask you a question and only then will I answer. They discussed it among themselves. So they walked away and uh, talked amongst themselves and says, if we say from heaven he will ask why didn't you believe him but if we say of human origin all the people will stone us because they are they they are persuaded that john was the prophet so they had to think fast and think smart they couldn't just answer they had to gather together conversate together to come up with an answer so now i'd imagine they're coming back and they answered, we don't know where it was from. Then Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. He says, if you don't know, then I don't know either. <laughs> I just love the way that Jesus answers them. He doesn't take time to cater to their, to their questioning, but rather he changes the subject asks an important question and then grills them on the spot as my kids say they, he grills them on the spot you know what if you don't know then i don't know either if you don't know then i don't know either and that's powerful that's powerful let's continue the parable of the tenants he went on to tell the people this terrible, uh, I always say terrible, it's a parable, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers and went away for a long time. Doesn't that sound like the parable we have just read in Luke 19, the parable of the 10 minas? Well, this is a similar parable, an illustrative point, once again, a spiritual allegory that jesus is speaking a man planted a vineyard ran it to some farmers and went away for a long time at harvest time he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the, the vineyard but the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed he sent another servant but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed he still sent a third and they wounded him and threw him out. Didn't he just give them a vineyard to take care of? Didn't he just rented them a vineyard to take care of? Imagine, imagine if a landlord 
gives a house to rent and so the renters go into the house and they start to live there and when it's time to pay for the rent he sends somebody their way they say listen uh we don't want to pay our let the, the landlord and there are some people out there i've heard stories we don't want to pay the landlord the money because we feel like it's our right to stay here it's our right to this house and so they beat it says they beat the man and send him empty-handed the messenger that they sent beat him and so he sends another servant and they're doing the same thing and another time the third time and they wound him and still throw him out then the owner of the vineyard said what shall i do i will send my son the most precious thing to him whom i love perhaps they will respect him and this right here lets us know the father's love for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and over here it says that the owner of the vineyard says or thinks to himself i will send a son perhaps they will respect him but when the tenants saw him they talked the matter over this is the the heir they said let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours they didn't care that it was a precious possession of the lord so they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him and so over here jesus is foreshadowing his crucifixion he's foreshadowing of what's going to happen to him what then will the owner of the vineyard do to them he will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others when the people heard this they said god forbid jesus looked directly at them and asked then what is the meaning of that which is written the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces anyone on whom it falls will be crushed and the teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them but they were afraid of the people so jesus takes time to speak through a parable because if he has spoken to them straight up the people would have not received it so he takes a moment and speaks to them through a parable so that those that have eyes will see and those who have ears will hear the teachers of the law and the rulers of the law they have detected what jesus was trying to do and so they conspired against him to kill him because jesus was speaking against them and they did not want the people to go against them keeping a close watch on him they sent spies who pretended to be sincere they hoped to catch jesus in something he said so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor so the spies questioned him teacher we know that you are speak that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality 
but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So they blend into the crowd. They are spies, remember? And they, their intention is to question Jesus and catch him in his act, catch him in, with his own words. He saw through their duplicity, it says, and said to them, show me a denarius whose in image and inscription are on it. He always had an, an, a very wise answer for them. And so he says, um, you're curious, you want to know, here it is. Give me, uh, give me the, the denarius and I will show you or I will tell you. And they said, Caesar's. He said to them, then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And this was a wise answer in itself. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public. And astonished by his answer, they became silent. Sometimes people will come at us questioning us. Sometimes people will come to trip us. But God will give us the right words at the right time to speak to them. You don't have to worry about what you're going to say. You don't have to study for it. You don't have to think hard. Jesus is always going to come to the rescue. He is going to be there for you and he will answer. He will give you the words to say. Don't you worry about that. And um, I have seen this plenty of times in my life, my own life, where people have questioned me and God had the right words. People have come up against me, but God had the right words at the right time to speak to them. And so I know God is faithful. If he was faithful with me, he is going to be faithful with you. If he is faithful, he is going to be faithful. So some of the Sadducee who say there is no resurrection. So remember, there's Pharisee and Sadducee. There's two different type of uh, rulers in the synagogue, Sadducee and the Pharisee. Sadducee are the ones who say there is no resurrection. Came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said. Again, they're coming to trip Jesus. Questions, right? Questions, left and right. Moses wrote, for us, that if a man brothers die and leaves a wife but no children, a man must marry the widow and take and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The one, the first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her, and in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection. Now remember, they don't believe in the resurrection. They said, now at the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. For they no longer die. For... They are like the angels. They are God's children since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him all are alive. 
they come to him with a question and Jesus stirs the question in another direction, right? He sort of answers it for them, but not the way that they wanted to hear. Some of the teachers of the law responded, well said, teacher. In other words, you have said it correctly. Because if he had said it in any other way, they would have gotten together to speak against him. Then Jesus said to them, Why is it said that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself declares in the book of Psalm. So this is another, another area in the story. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? So, now that you are questioning me, I'm going to question you. I'm going to come with a question. And so Jesus says to them, why is it said? He, he goes to the scripture and he says, why does this say here in the Bible? He doesn't take long to answer their question. He takes that time and directs it to scripture. He says, why don't we just discuss this here? In the scripture, instead of quarreling, instead of fighting, let's discuss scripture. And he says, here's what the scripture says. How then he keep, can he be his son? While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes. And love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogue and the places of honor and banquets at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sends out a warning against the teachers of the law. Those that teach the law but do otherwise. They don't follow up with the scriptures. Jesus said that these type of men will be punished more severely. They looking to be, they're looking to be popular. They say the right things. They are greeted in the marketplace. They have the most important seats at the church building. They are in the place of honor at banquets they are regarded they are esteemed but they devour widows houses and for show make lengthy prayers they're just lips right they just put on a show in other words but their hearts are far from it their hearts are filled with evil greed and unrighteousness. So Jesus says, beware of the teachers of the law. And so that's the same warning for you and I today. Beware of the teachers of the law. Those that teach the law. Those that tell you to do certain things. But they will not lift their fingers. They will not, I apologize, their finger. They will not even lift their own finger to do them. 
they will teach you to do the xyz but they will not do any of it and not only that they seek for popularity they seek to be famous they seek to be recognized they seek to be uh, highly esteemed but at the same time are thieves and robbers in the kingdom of god beware i hope you have been blessed i hope you are encouraged i hope you are inspired and ignited to continue to study the word of god to show yourself approved unto god and those around you thank you once again for coming on to study with me i hope this has been a blessing to you if you have been blessed share this with someone else and if you have not uh, if you have not joined a study group i encourage you to join the study group where we can discuss this further and be blessed in return thank you once again and god bless you facebook.com slash groups slash sword study delight